if we want more affordable housing, make it easier to build affordable housing and there will be affordable housing. I will build it. Allow me to do it. You're going to have to help because the prices are out of control. And why are the prices out of control? Government. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high octane boost of full on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips with a traveling Heather Marchant. Again, yes. An RV does that to you. You just yeah, it travel. Seems kind of like a, a theme. Heather's <laughs> out in her RV again. So. Just for a week Yeah, just a week. Good times. Glad you're out loving and enjoying your RV. And warm weather, really. That's the thing. Warm weather. That's the most important thing. It really is. is. I was just telling somebody about that today. I felt bad for them. When they asked me how the weather was, I had to tell them. And and then they called me a jerk and I was like, you asked. I don't understand why I'm a jerk. I'm a jerk because I moved here where there's, you know, unbelievable weather. (laughs) So hard, so hard for you to navigate. Yeah. So speaking of places with horrible weather, we were going to talk about <laughs> we're going to talk about landlord law. Heather <laughs> finally got it. Yeah. Yes. Just a second. <laughs> speaking of places with horrible weather, now this is just that's my personal opinion, of course. So when we first when we start talking about it, all of you who live there, you're going to be like, "What are you talking about? This is an unbelievable place. It's beautiful out here," and it is. I completely get it. I just can't live without sun. So yeah, I'm, I'm solar right? powered. And I couldn't survive there. So, Amen. And the rainy gloominess that I've heard about. No, thank you. Yeah. No, it's, it's and it's real. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about landlord laws and we're going to talk about what they do and what, like what the impact is, because, you know, I think there's I actually saw a post too. And while we're chatting next time, you're chatting, Heather, I'm going to pull up this post too, because I think this is also really good. I just thought of it, but mm-hmm. it, it relates to what we're going to discuss today. Yeah. We have one of our main criteria that we share with people. And I think everyone says, oh yeah, I mean, that makes sense. But I don't think really understand the importance of having landlord-friendly legislation in the area where you own rental properties and versus tenant-friendly. So tenant-friendly legislation is more protecting the tenant and tenants in the market versus taking care of the landlords that own those rental properties. So sometimes that looks a lot like eviction laws is like a really easy example is making it really hard to evict a tenant so that it takes months and months to get someone out of the property that's not paying you. So an example that we talk about all the time, but this article was pretty cool illustrating how it impacts a market we are in right now. Yeah. So this is, if you haven't figured it out already, we're talking about Seattle and and I saw this, somebody posted this online and I went, I, I looked it up and it's, I mean, it's real. There, this, I think we actually talked yeah. about this before. I think we talked about the fact that something was going to happen up here. Now we just have some evidence mm-hmm. of this. Yep. So Seattle has lost nearly 3,000 rental properties between May of last year and January of this year. Which is crazy. Not, and not they- even a year. Yes, but Ron, what's crazy there to me is that it says that those properties constitute about 10,000 units. Mm-hmm. It's not like 3,000 properties, but 10,000 units. That's insane. Now, so why, why 
would investors do this? Why would they pull out of a market? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the, the article goes on to say that they attribute the loss to a growing number of rental protection laws. And we've talked about these before, but rental protection laws, they just make it more expensive. They make mm-hmm. it more onerous to own property and to supply the property to people who need it. Mm-hmm. It's plain. It's simple. I don't know why people don't get it, but that's it. Yeah. And Here's the crazy thing. I mean, Heather, if you talk to the people who want to institute this stuff, most of them sound reasonable. Mm-hmm. Most of them want to help out, you know, the residents of these properties, make sure the properties are nice, make sure that they just want to improve conditions, right? Yep. Nothing wrong with that. I think most of the people that I know who are investors, that's how they view it. They want to provide a nice, clean, comfortable place for people to live. It sounds it sounds so simple, but the overreach can have pretty big consequences. It says that Seattle City Council has passed tougher eviction laws, required tenants to pay to register their properties, increased inspections, created new laws about rent increases and rejecting tenants. And so it's become more expensive. And then the article also says that they open themselves up to a lawsuit if they make a mistake. So if you have a choice of somewhere that's easier to invest, yeah, I'd be saying... That you can actually make money. Look, it's hard enough in Mm -hmm. Seattle to make the numbers work as it is. Mm -hmm. So when you go and you do, you throw a whole bunch of regulations on top of it and then threaten lawsuits when somebody doesn't exactly do what they're supposed to do, that basically could put people out of business. Mm -hmm. This is what you get. The only way, the only thing that a landlord can do is raise rents. That's it. Now, they, the whole point of this is to affect change that's positive for the residents in these properties. And instead, what they've done, anybody, with, anybody just with some logic can tell that what's going to happen is that they're going to have less properties, which I think we all know means in a supply and demand economy, yeah. there's more demand than there is supply then prices go up. That's what happens, all right? So you can have good intentions if you want to, but if you don't think through the consequences of what you're doing, yes, your good intentions can end up screwing the very people that you want to help. Because here's the thing, the investors are just moving. It's not like they stopped investing in properties. They just stopped investing in properties in Seattle. Yeah. All that does is hurt the people who are trying to rent properties in Seattle. That's all it does. It's like no one sat and really thought through all the consequences of adding on all this additional cost and legislation and stuff. It's remarkable to me. Really. Yeah, yeah. Now we've, we've talked about this. So this is the piece, Heather, that I just like thought of and off the cuff here. So I just want to read this to you because there was a post by someone who I, I respect and I understand where she's coming from. At the same time, actually, I understand ex- exactly where she's coming from, and she has a point. In addition to that, I mean, there's 208 comments on this post. Whoa. Mostly from investors, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, right? So as I read this post, like, this is, this is not her. She just shared this. Our landlords just raised our rent $400 more a month. I officially need to get a job. 
I'm a former preschool teacher and I have a bachelor's in child development, early childhood education, but don't necessarily know if I could start a daycare here, nor is it my ideal scenario. Hmm. I'm alone with a four and two-year-old 60 hours a week. And I would only be able to work after my husband gets home from work. A friend hmm. offered to connect me with a trans transcription job, yada, yada. Also, you need to laugh. Our landlords are now charging us $2,600 to live, $2,600 to live in a 700 square foot outdated shack. We are in Maui, price to play in paradise. So at least this woman understands that she's living yes. in Maui. I don't know how close her shack is to the ocean in Maui. <laughs> Location probably is playing a role in this as well. There were some snarky comments that nobody should feel too bad for her. She chose to live in Maui. Yeah. But my friend actually also, she, she posted, you know, there do have to be workers who work at the hotels and all of this. People don't get paid a ton. They have to have a place to live. $2,600 is not an affordable place to live. I agree with all that. And there's a whole bunch of detail who's left out. I don't know where her 700 square foot is. I don't know if it's on the beach. I don't know any of that, right? So we may not need to feel super bad for her because she probably could move into something more affordable, I guess. Yeah, true. But the point my friend makes is that there is this thing right now where people are trading properties and raising rents. And her point was, look, you can't just buy a property and raise rents an astronomical amount just because you paid more for it. And that's true. true. That's true. And my point to her was, I can if that's market rent. If mm -hmm. the rents have been under market this whole time and I buy the property and I raise them to market rent, I'm not screwed anybody over. That's mm -hmm. what the market is. If I am trying to get more rent than market rent, well, that might work for a little while, but the market's going to fix that. It's going to correct itself. No one needs to get in there and mix about with it. Yeah. It's going to fix itself. Mm -hmm. But this kind of plays into this whole movement that's coming across the country that we were just talking about in Seattle. And I, we had another show on this. I don't know how long ago, Heather, but we did another show on this where we said, this is what's going to happen in Seattle. Yep. And now we have proof that that's what happened. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm going to look. I want to know. The market, when it's not messed with by government, the market will fix this stuff really quick. If an idiot pays too much for a property and thinks they can raise the rents, it will sit there vacant. Exactly. That's what happens. Now, if you got your rent raised $400 because you've had a really fun ride for 10 years and nobody's raised your rent, you should be grateful nobody raised your rent for 10 years and pay the additional 400 in my opinion. Agreed. You just got lucky. Super lucky. And, but this is, this is sweeping the country, and I'm here to tell you, I'm gonna, just going to say it again. This is going to screw more people over than it helps. Every time they try stuff like this, it backfires every mm -hmm. single time. You cannot penalize people for providing housing and then expect that you're going to get more housing. And here's the Wait. thought. I mean, Heather, how many, I mean, we're trying all the time to find properties. How many affording, affordable housing developments, new construction developments have you seen? In the last few years like none like none and, yeah. and why because you can't afford to build yeah. them it's getting less affordable to build and so what does the government do 
the government makes it more and more cumbersome to build properties. You would think that when they sit down with all of their intelligence that they got at their Ivy League schools, that they would be able to say, hey, if we make it easier and more affordable for people to actually build where we need affordable housing, we might get more affordable housing. Yep. But that's not what they do. They penalize people instead. Makes no sense. I don't, I literally don't come on here, Heather, and think to myself, I'm going to beat up on government. It just, they're involved in so <laughs> Well, it's just, interestingly, I had a client whose property was for rent and being marketed, and it was a higher end property, so a higher leasing price, I guess, that they were advertising. And so there was, it was, they posted on Facebook Marketplace and a bunch of people commented because there's this movement of also people who are really frustrated about increasing costs and increased rents. And yep. they just, everyone just kept commenting how ridiculous it was, the price. That was about two weeks ago. And so the property manager shared this with the owner. The owner was anxious. And I just said, look, there's always gonna be those people that wanna rent that house and can't afford it. So just give it a minute. And sure enough, it rented this week and right about where we wanted it to. So it was, it's just interesting because you also have that wave and that movement of disgruntled tenants that are wanting to find a place to live. And so you have this supply and demand issue that Seattle, I'm thinking, man, 10,000 units. If I was a, someone that wanted to rent in Seattle, I'd be feeling a lot of stress. Like you said, the prices are going to have to go up and there's going to be, it's going to be harder to find a place to live. So, yep. They're creating, they're, they're creating more of a problem by trying to solve problems. The market will fix these problems. Mm -hmm. Look, if I have a dilapidated apartment building and someone else has a nice apartment building, I'm not going to get the best tenants. Yeah. And I'm going to struggle to get tenants anyway because anyone's going to want to try to move up into the nicer units. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> the market's going to fix that. I do think that there ought to be something that says you mean you can't have holes in the roof and it raining in on people, right? But man, short of that, an, a, a comfortable place for people to live, let the market dictate because the market will fix it if the government will just get the hell out of the way. Yeah. And true. to that point, Heather, we have a little more proof. I mean, I, I, don't know, I don't know how much more of a stark contrast it could possibly be. This next thing that we're going to share. We already did a... We already did a segment on this a, a, a little bit about where people were moving in droves, fleeing, yeah. I think even you could That's say. what it looks like. I mean, in a map, that's what it looks like. It's like refugees. <laughs> it's kind of what it looks like. It kind of does. It reminds you of people who like put everything on their back and they're, yeah. they're leaving. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that I just noticed was, ah, this is going to not come as any shock that the number one area is in Florida. Yeah. It may come as a small shock to people that half of the top 10 are in Florida. Wow. I didn't realize that. That is a lot. Number one, the villages in mm -hmm. Florida. For those of you who don't know, that's a retirement community. So people are retiring mm -hmm. to Florida. Okay. Number one, the villages. Number two, Bradenton, Florida. Hmm. Now, this one's a little bit of a shocker, but not really when you think about it. Number three is New York City. And that's because there was such a mass exodus oh. out of New York City that it's just people, people are coming back. back. That's like the Biden administration that's saying true. that they have 
that they have this, they've created all of these jobs. No, yeah. bull crap. All you did was get out of people's way so they go back to work. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. count. It doesn't count. <laughs> anyway, they counted it on here. Number four, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, which is just down the street from me, that that has actually been happening. It is like a flood of people coming in here. Number five. Crazy. Fort Myers. Okay, so that's three out of the top five. Heather, you, you have number six? It's Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So that's two for South Carolina. And I can attest to you that there's a lot of people moving to South Carolina. Seven, Wilmington, North Carolina. Eight, Cape Coral, Florida, which is where we are selling houses, interestingly enough. But that's why the prices are going up so dramatically. Right? And then number nine, St. Augustine, Florida. Because I looked through these, Ron, and I didn't really recognize how many were in Florida. I didn't it's, just notice. It's half of the top 10 That's are in Florida. Crazy. And then Clarksville, Tennessee rounds out the top 10. I mean, guys, crazy. Yeah. The, the, the stark contrast between the, the two areas of the country. Yeah. And you and I are both building in Cape Coral, Florida, and planning to either sell use it as a second home, rent it out, whatever. And it is interesting because the market there is just continues to increase in value. And while we're under construction, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, so number 10 was in Tennessee, right? Number 11 is in Florida, Sarasota. Number 12, Tennessee. Knoxville, yeah. The 13, Florida. 14, 14 Florida. Florida. That's 15, crazy. Florida. I mean, 16, South Carolina, Charleston. Charleston and Mount Pleasant basically guys is the same area, right? Yeah. I'm telling you, if you make it easier for businesses and for people, hmm. the people will come there. Yeah. Why is this so difficult to understand? I, I just don't understand. I, I, I can't quite fathom this. So crazy. I mean, that's it's such a high growth. And I think I've talked to a couple of clients that are moving, had moved to Florida and they said, we just liked the conservative political landscape here. You know, like that's why the weather or whatever, but yeah. And I'm sure that that's, I'm sure that that's true. At the same time, all stripes are moving. Everyone yeah. is moving. True. So all these people who are moving in, they're moving there because it's, it's open. It was open for business before everywhere else. There's no income tax. They just roll back regulation constantly. They make it easy to do business. I'm telling you. So anyway, very stark contrast. And it's critically important for all of you out there who will own property or who want to become investors that you look at where you're investing and make sure that they're not implementing these psychotic laws. I'll give you another for instance here. Because Kansas City way back in the day Missouri. So right there's Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas. So, so way back in the day, mm -hmm. Kansas City, Missouri started imposing pretty draconian taxes on businesses. And so mm. what did the businesses do? Exact same thing that the landlords did up in Seattle. They just moved out of the Sweet. Seattle city limits and yeah. they bought properties outside of Seattle. So what did the businesses do? They went and they formed one of the wealthiest counties in all of America across state lines in Johnson County, Kansas. All of the money moved. Hmm. And 
it impoverished the city of Kansas City, Missouri for years. Wow. It took years. In addition to that, they put the airport way the hell up north hmm. because that's where they thought everything was going to grow. Nothing grew that way for years. Uh. The reason is because it all grew southwest over onto hmm. the Kansas side where all the money went. Interesting. All because of really stupid policies. Yeah. Wow. Over I, and over and over again, this kind of stuff happens. The craziest thing is um, in Salt Lake City, where I live, it's been, the market's just been increasing so fast. My house is almost four times the value that I purchased it at, maybe three, but a lot. And they're talking rent control in the news today in Salt Lake City, and they polled Utahns about it. And they said 16% said they want easier zoning restrictions so people can rent out their basements and stuff. 15% says we should do nothing and let the market just play itself out. Another 15% said let's have zoning restrictions adjusted so that people can build more quickly. Another 15% expanding um, funding for subsidized low-income housing. And then rent control was only favored by 13%. So I'm like, oh, good thing. Local, and we talked about that, gosh, like a year ago. Follow it in your local news. Get involved. <laughs> Get involved. Get involved, people. Yes. This, this is coming to a town near you. So if yeah. you want plentiful properties that mm -hmm. are nice, if you want more new construction, if you want things to continue to grow, then yep. the government is going to have to make it easier and get out of the way. Yeah. Every single time they get in the way. I'll give you another one. This is right now, right? I, I went to go get my house appraised and it's under construction, right? We're doing this renovation. I think I told you guys about this. Yeah. And so they appraised it as an as is value and an after repaired value, which is that's common. So that's not a hard, difficult thing to do. So I was just simply going to get a, a home equity line of credit on the, on the house. And I called the banker and I said, okay, so we have the uh, appraisal back. Um, you know, when can we get the home equity line of credit done? Well, we can't because the appraisers, they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't sign off on the appraisal that they did because the house wasn't done. And I said, well, they wouldn't sign off on the as is value. Yeah. No, they won't sign off on either one of them. I said, well, can you put some pressure on them? No, there's really nothing we can do. And why, Heather, is there nothing that they can do? I because have... our illustrious, wonderful <gasps> leaders no. created the AMC. And so now, appraisers are not answerable to anyone. They just simply flip you the middle finger anytime they want to. So I they got paid to that. do an appraisal that they wouldn't sign off on because the property isn't, the work's not done when they were asked specifically to do an as is wow. and an after repaired value. Now, the only way that they can get away with that is because of the government guidelines yeah. that were put into place. I'm just shocked they're using that as a reason where that was what it was ordered for. That's mind blowing. It's infuriating is what it is. And Heather, we've been dealing with this now for yeah. over a decade. Yeah. It has been extremely frustrating. And I think a lot of times people assume, oh, well, I'm overpaying for this property then, right? So I mean, it depends on what side of the bed they wake up on. That yes, day. yes.
And sometimes we'll say, hey, you missed all these comps that are right down the street and we'll send them the comps and they're like, eh, I don't feel yeah, like yeah. doing it. I don't feel like redoing the report. So. It's a lot of work and I get paid yeah. regardless. So yep. yeah. just so you guys understand, I know we've talked about this on the show too, but look, this is specifically government got involved to try to fix a problem that really wasn't a problem. The problem wasn't that appraisers, there was a handful of appraisers probably who were in the pocket of some other people. So instead of just putting all those idiots in jail mm -hmm. and fining them, they blew up the entire system yeah. such that now appraisers are scared to appraise anything over value in, in spite of the fact that an appraisal, the definition of an appraisal is, is what a willing and able buyer and a willing and able seller agree to pay for a property. And especially if it's in line with all of the other ones, there's also three ways to do them and they only do them one way because of government regulation. It's remarkable. That's true. The screw true. up that has occurred here, it exacerbated the length of the downturn last time. And it was because they tried to fix a problem that wasn't a problem. Yeah, it's true. Problem. Just the, a few people as in a lot of cases, right? The few people screwed it up for everybody else. So, once again, guys, you've got to got to stay awake. This is coming to a town near you. Don't let it. Don't let yep. it. You got to fight back against this and fight back with data, right? Fight back yeah. with data. Show these people this is what happened. We have now a test case in Seattle, probably mm -hmm. several other cities. Here's what happens when you bring all of this regulation yep. to the area. This is what's going to happen. You're going to get less of what you wanted. Prices are going to go up. Nothing is going to get better for the people who who you're supposedly a champion for. Yep. That's really what's going to happen. And I think then they just villainize the wrong person. <laughs> yep. They're villainizing the landlords instead of property the suppliers true are problem. not the problem here. Yeah. Not the problem. If we want more affordable housing, make it easier to build affordable housing and there will be affordable housing. I will build it. Allow me to do it. Yeah, you're going to have to help because the prices are out of control. And why are the prices out of control? Government. Yeah. Every time you turn around, they've effed something up. All signs point yeah, to. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Agreed. All right, everybody. I guess one more other thing before we go. Interest rates are on the rise, guys, and they're going to keep going up. So if you've been wanting to lock in rates, Crying over three and a half isn't going to do you any good. You might want to lock in five. Yeah. You might want to do it before it's six because six is coming rapidly on the way. And I think seven is not too far out of the range of possibilities this year. Agreed. Because we're already, I'm already, I've seen my first quote over 6% just this last week. So, and I agree that I think just sitting and complaining that you missed the boat is like people I spoke with after 2008 that said, oh man, I should have bought during that time period between 2008 and 2012. Oh, I wish I would have, wish I would have. Nope, I'll just wait for the next downturn. Yeah, it doesn't get you anywhere. <laughs> years later, now this is the same people who are crying about interest rates. They're like, yep. guys, just look, we sold property. And, and crazy thing is back when I started doing this in 2005, the interest rates were six and a half, seven and a quarter, mm -hmm. somewhere around there. And everything worked fine. Yeah. You just have properties that work with the new financing. So 
And we're finding those guys. We have great properties for people. So if yeah. you've been wanting to lock in a rate before they go up more, which I guarantee you they're going to, that's exactly. Um, you might want to do that. So mm -hmm. until next time, get out there and make something happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.